Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ad Free Shows fans, what is going on? It's time for another edition of Strictly Business here exclusively on adfreeshows.com. I, of course, am John Alba, joined as I am every single episode of Strictly Business by the man of the hour, Mr. Eric Bischoff himself. And Eric, we've got a very special guest this week, someone that you've known quite a long time this don't season- say how long because every time you do that <laughs> shit it makes me feel older than i already am same here same here <laughs> the coo and co-founder of fight tv mr michael weber uh, thank you so much for hopping on with us here today we're so appreciative of your time man thank you for having me i appreciate it um it's good to see eric uh, i guess eric and me have had a chance to work together in two companies in the past so um uh, this is great to get together again so yeah, Eric, for you, a little reunion here. If you want to give some context and some backstory, how long have you known Michael and how far back do you guys go? Gosh, I I, I could be wrong because it's been a minute or two, but I think, Mike, you were in WCW when I arrived, weren't you, in 91? Uh, I actually, I started just right after you, but yeah, within months of the same time as you. Um, yeah, so I was there throughout all the 90s. I worked from 92 to 99 there. And, of course, Eric was there that entire time period. Um, and I watched Eric move up to the ranks from just being an announcer to running the whole um, match there. So, yeah, uh, we had a chance to work quite a bit together there. And then, of course, we worked together for a few years at TNA as well uh, in a more recent time. So, but Mike, even what, that was 10 what, years what, ago. What was your <laughs> – and I, I've, I've heard this, and, and I, but I just don't remember. But for our listeners um, – where were you before you got to WCW in 92? I actually worked for WWF um, back in the 80s. Um, started as an intern there for WrestleMania 2. Then I was a uh, head of PR for um, uh, WrestleMania 3, 4, and 5. And um, that was a great experience. And I worked for briefly for about a year with Trump uh, Sports Entertainment doing boxing in Atlantic City. And then I worked in motorsports with monster trucks and supercross motorcycle racing. So um, all, all similar in scope, you know, all around pay-per-view programming. And then, of course, I came to uh, 
WCW as a PR guy and then later as a marketing person there for WCW. All right. Now that we cleared that up, <laughs> yes. go and talk about what's going on today. Come from an intern to head of PR. How about that? In a year's time, not too bad there for yourself. But these days, as you said, you co-founder, COO of Fight TV. Fight TV, someone that, or an entity rather, that we've partnered with quite a bit here on ad-free shows and the Podcast Heat family. Uh, if you could give us some backstory before we launch into the nitty-gritty, how did Fight come to be, and why was there a need for a streaming service like Fight in today's climate? So um, after leaving TNA, I was. Um, contacted by this group here and they were looking for programming for something called flips media initially so it was a bunch of engineers from bulgaria who came up with the technology to be able to flip from your mobile to your connected tv television content and um, of course i had background wrestling so we did some test events in wrestling the very very first event we streamed was uh, uh, new japan's wrestle kingdom 9 which was quite successful and then we did a few more events with Ring of Honor and, and uh, Impact Wrestling. And then um, seven years ago, I came on full time and then we launched and um, decided to go into combat sports vertical. The problem they had at Flips was it was trying to be a whole cable network with all these different entities. There's no focus of what to market with. And um, boxing, wrestling, MMA seemed to work out quite well. Um, it was already a proven business model in pay-per-view. Uh, so we didn't have to teach people how to watch it on pay-per-view, like, you know, try to do a pay-per-view college or pro football game would be, I mean, they have tried, uh, and it's been quite a challenge, whereas wrestling, um, boxing have been accepted as pay-per-view programming for years. Um, and then we just kept growing from there, but we only, the first year only, we were just a mobile app. Then we became a website, and then we got on Roku and Apple and natural progression and that takes us to where we're at now where we're you know doing pay-per-view as well as uh offering subscription like bite plus it's that's really it's fascinating and it's interesting how the evolution rapid evolution of technology kind of coincided with your vision and focus to make what you do possible number one but the, the the audience was ready for it they had been they were beginning to become conditioned to it and accepting of it it wasn't a foreign necessarily experience to you know log on yeah. and, and enjoy something in streaming so it's good for you by the way yeah well and what what worked well is you no know, I'm, I'm not the only person to have a lot of wrestling contacts or be able to put kind of program together but what i do have for me is some of the best technology out there as you guys know um, you know, as recently as, or as long ago as 10, 15 years ago, people already were starting to stream events, but they were crashing and it's had technology issues. And I got hooked up with a technology first company, um, you know, 20 engineers in uh, Sofia, Bulgaria, um, who are incredible what they do and, and have been doing it for almost 25, 30 years, most of them together and um, continue to upgrade our system on a day to day basis. Very, very cool. How many subscribers are we looking at for Fight as of things stand currently? That's one of those numbers I'm not disclosing because we're owned okay. by a company called Triller who's mm -hmm. uh, getting ready to go public. So that's one of those things we keep mm -hmm. sort of close to the vest right now. Well, I guess then that begs the question because this is clearly a type of platform that we've seen the foundation for was probably forming 
I don't know, dating back to even the early 90s when people start to dabble in online streaming audio for the first time and it slowly evolves over time. Is Does does that connect in any way? Yeah, it's, uh, John, I think I did have the chance to tell you the story there. I, I, hopefully, Eric, you remember doing this. I, working with some of our uh, young guys like Bill Cunningham and Tom Hunt and some of those names there, we started streaming back in the mid-90s. The audio portion, well, Eric, it goes farther back than that. It went back to um, the 900 lines. When I first went to WCW, I was amazed by how they were streaming the audio of the wrestling events on 900 lines, and people were paying their $1.99 a minute to listen to it. And and then we went to um, streaming with uh, Mark Cuban's company, uh, Broadcast.com, and I remember how excited we were that we had 200 concurrent listeners to our audio portion of the pay-per-view event. So that's where sort of a lot started, you know? So it's pretty cool going way back. And that's back to 95, 96, something like that at WCW. So n- another example how WCW was on the cutting edge of <laughs> no, not only entertainment, but technology. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> it really was. I mean, we had some pretty cool guys working with us there who were very uh, forward in thinking of that and um streaming and then you know that and then you know guys like mark madden and jeremy borash got involved and um with the program but that was some of the first audio streaming and which then they we did a little bit of video but the problem with the video streaming back then it wasn't what we were able to do it was really the home uh, capabilities broadband was not there yet you know very few homes had the the uh, bandwidth that you obviously we all have now nowadays right. eric did you ever envision a streaming-like concept back in those days or even in the early 2000s where people would have such easy accessibility to content like that? Absolutely not. I, I, I wish I could sit here and tell you that I saw that train <laughs> coming, but no. You know, I've never been... I love technology. I, I, love, I love learning new technology, but inherently I'm not a tech guy. I don't think in terms of tech for the most part. So I, I'm probably like everybody else walking around that's not in the industry, I didn't really become aware of it till it started beating me over the head, just how you know big of an opportunity it was. I will say, though, uh, about, oh, I lose track of time, six years ago, maybe, maybe a little longer, Nick Hausman, who works for Wrestling Inc. and I, he was my, we, we, we attempted a podcast early on. And through the course of that relationship, we started developing an idea called IRW. Um, and basically it was a, we were trying to create a platform that would probably utilize fight where we would enter into agreements with independent promoters all over the country and basically aggregate them and be the platform that allowed people that subscribed to IRW to be able to watch live events from all over the country or all over the world for that matter. But that was well after that train had already left the station and I was just in an opportunistic frame of mind back then. So um, I didn't really know a lot about streaming. It still don't, you know, I mean, I, I do, I guess, maybe a little bit more than the average person, but a lot of it is still pretty foreign to me. So Mike, where did the concept as a business model come from for your guys end where we have a chance to reach into this hot independent wrestling market that's starting to really build up a lot of momentum in the last decade or so and we can actually bring these two people's homes well i mean a lot of start with the pay-per-view aspect and everything and they were doing pay-per-view on other platforms 
we're trying to do it in YouTube and stuff. And again, we're very fortunate. We got very good uh, uh, technology uh, that works and we were not afraid to, you know, work with anybody and everybody. Uh, we were not trying to be elitist. We're only, oh, we're only going to work with Ring of Honor, Impact, and AEW. We want to work with those guys, and we want to work with, you know, black label pro wrestling from Chicago. You know, um, right. good good guys, but obviously much, much smaller. So I don't know about you, but I have a ton of subscription services. Everything's a la carte these days, and I've been really trying to figure out how can I make sure I'm keeping track of those the proper way? Well, now I've discovered the answer to that. Because I got to ask you this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really are costing you? Most Americans think that they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 bucks or more. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Well, there's this app that I've been starting to use to take care of that for me. It's called Rocket Money, and it's formerly known as Truebill. This app shows you all your subscriptions in one place, and then it cancels for you whatever you don't still want to use. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know that you were paying for in the first place. You may even find out you've been double-charged for a subscription. Wouldn't you want to be aware of that? Well, Rocket Money can help make you aware of that. And to cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of all the rest. So you can now get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money right now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Bischoff. Seriously, it, it could save you hundreds per year, if not even more than that. That's rocketmoney.com slash Bischoff. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash Bischoff. So... How did you guys successfully foster those relationships with those individual promotions? Well, um, initially it was that we had a team of salespeople who just called in anything we could find out there that was doing wrestling. Um, but now, fortunately, over the last several years and even this week, it's exploded. Is uh, they contact us, pitch us. Um, we're actually in a position now we turn down probably half the companies because there's so many. Oh, wow. Who we probably should have never aired before, and we've done it because we just did it. We it didn't really cost us anything to try it, you know. Um, you know, all, all obviously all of our staff is full time and salary positions and stuff. So um, it, it, it's just as hard to do uh, one show as is ten shows at the same time. It's the same amount of man hours and things like this to do it. So we we took chances on some shows, and GCW is one. I won't say we took a chance on, but because they had some, you know, good um, fan base starting already when we start with them in 2018, but we were able to grow with them. And there's a few others who are very similar to that who are growing with us. And, um, but, you know, is willing to try things and being pretty open-minded about it and just me, you know, not being elitist about it. So Mike, let me ask you, and again, you know, I'm dating myself again, but <laughs> you know, back in the day when it was really, DirecTV, Dish, I guess, were our, our pay-per-view providers. And our splits were, you know, when I first took over WCW, we were on the back end of a 60-40 split, I think, or 55-45. Mm -hmm. And as we gained some momentum and some leverage, of course, we improved upon that. But in terms of splits to your producers, I'm an independent wrestling producer here in Cody, Wyoming, a promoter, and I think I want to – try to get my show on fight because I've got something special or think I do. What is that 
What does that split look like? First of all, what is the average pay-per-view purchase for wrestling on Fight? Generally speaking, most of the wrestling programming is a 1999 or 1499, with the exceptions of Impact and Ring of Honor. Uh, they'll hit in the 30s. Um, we, we do have all the worldwide rights to AEW. We just don't have rights in the United States. So that price at 1999, which is actually sort of a high price in places like the UK and Europe and Australia. Um, so that's where the price is at. Split-wise, we have a very similar model that what cable and satellite has in that. But the, what the big difference is, when we do a split with um, the promoter, the publisher, um, we have to deduct the transaction costs off the top. So purchases through websites, it's only about 3%, sort of like a you know a tax, uh, excuse me, a credit card charge. But Amazon and Apple and Roku and those kind of companies, they charge 30% for transaction fee. Well, we couldn't eat that. So we take that off the top. Then we do a split that usually ranges from a 50-50 to a 70-30 split in favor of the publisher. We want our publishers to make money so they keep coming back and keep sure. growing the business with us. And we make up for it in volume that we do have a very pretty good sustainable business model to work with. What, what percentage, again, recognizing that some of these questions I'm asking are probably pr proprietary, maybe not. So if you can't answer it, I certainly understand. And I want the listeners to understand that that's just business. Um, how big of a percentage is Apple in terms of your distribution? Are they, I mean, do you need them? Is there any, is there any chance oh. down the road you're not going to be so reliant upon them? Because right, they've got so much leverage, which is why you're spending more for them. Well, we do. You, you see a time when you're not going to be bent over quite as badly with Apple and Amazon? I, so we've looked at that quite a bit. Um, when ESPN Plus started doing pay-per-view events, they made everybody go through ESPN website to make purchases. Therefore, they only had that 3% cost opposed to all the numbers. And we looked at it slightly different. We figured because if you have your, your program available on, say, Apple and Google uh, apps and you have it on Roku and stuff like that, they make it so easy to buy. It comes through and is a buy. We already have somebody, you know, we probably get a little bit of a, of a, of a, a buy than not the buy at all is the way we looked at it. And sure. they just make it so easy. The other good thing about the reason we continue to work with them, even though that transaction fee has been something that just irritates the hell out of us from day one is um, they're making real money off us and they're now stepping up the plate to um, help you know promote our shows too so now they become a marketing partner so there's there's some longer term advantages to it um, financially accounting if you're a straight account it makes no sense in the world but if you look at all the additional reasons for it it's starting to make more and more sense to it um, and, and one of those is now because of the relationship we've had with um, um, Amazon Fire, we're now doing a deal with Amazon uh, Prime for our Fight Plus subscription service, which will be launched in January on that platform. So I don't think that would probably have happened if we were trying to not work with them. You know, so short, short term. Short term, you wish they weren't in your life, but long term, you're grateful to to be partnered with them. Yeah, that, that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, um, because it, it doesn't. It's it's sort of, you know, they they thirty you percent know, is a very very big number to take. 
uh, considering all the things we have to do to bring the product back. But frankly, and Eric, you've been around this as long as I have, is the whole 50-50 or 60-40 model with the uh, cable and satellite industry is ridiculous in itself. You know? What about, what about my... One of my biggest frustrations, you, you and I both experienced this, is we would do a pay-per-view in July. And we start seeing revenues from that sometime in the first quarter of the following year. It took forever to get paid. And when you did get paid, it came in in tranches. You, you, you'd, you'd get some of the revenue. You'd get 60 or 70% of the revenue in the first seven months later. And then the rest of it would just kind of dribble in whenever it got there. Is that an easier thing? Again, from the publisher's perspective, is it easier now for people to get paid than it was back then? So uh, the good news is for fight it is absolutely. The bad news is cable and satellite still operate exactly the same way. Because <laughs> uh, we, as you know, we did the Ric Flair last match and we, you know, uh, distributed all through, also through cable and satellite. The first checks for that that uh, event is coming in like this week. You know, here here we are. Oh, that's fast. Actually, that's fast. It is faster than it used to be. <laughs> it really is. Um, so the fight model is uh, much better, and that is one of the things we tout when we talk to uh, new publishers. Is um, we pay thirty days after the month the event took place. So it's a September 15th event. You get paid on October 31st. And that's lightning fast and more reliable than what we also had from cable satellite. Another thing that we have that's good for our publishers is we have a live dashboard. So you can see exactly how many buys you got in advance, how many buys you have the day of, and how many buys you have. Man, the day that after. Is, that yeah. is so cool. That is so cool because it allows your publishers, your promoter, whatever you want to call them, it helps them manage their business. Otherwise, you're flying, you know, you're you're flying in the clouds without an instrument rating. You have no idea if you're up, you're down, which way you're going. Good, good on you for developing. Yeah, that. it, that's probably been one of the best tools we've had because um, you know it's no different how we used to do in live event uh, business where you you watch your ticket counts every single day. So you know what your advance is and what you got to sell. Um, so you exactly it helps you manage your business. But most importantly, too, for myself, the person has to deal with individual promoters and stuff. Never once have had an argument about somebody being shortchanged or oh, I'm sure That's the great. buys were more than that, or you're lying to me. No, it's right there. You followed it right there with me live. And it just makes everybody much more honest on that. You knew exactly if it was a flop or if it was doing fantastic. And um and, 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 um, and again, I'm going to piggyback and put you over again because that's <laughs> one of my big frustrations. Our big frustrations at that time was, well, I'm going to use DirecTV as an example. Don't mean to pick on them, but it is what it is. Um, they'd send you your check. They'd send you their accounting. There's no way to challenge it. You don't know. You have no idea. And my understanding of the system back then is your local cable, cable companies, which were mom-pop operations, distributed up through DirecTV. So DirecTV can only report what those little mom and pop local cable stations provided them. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody really auditing 
or has any control. Certainly as WCW, we didn't have any control over the local cable companies. We couldn't audit a local cable company. And auditing DirecTV and DISH was a double-edged sword. You might end up coming up with a couple bucks that you didn't expect. Or they might not be as excited to work with you in the future if they got audited every time because that costed them money to sit and go through their, their accounting. So the fact that you have that dashboard takes that confusion and the murkiness out of the transaction for the promoter publisher as well as for you. And again, that's a huge advancement. Huge and, and, and one of the things technology and the ability to deliver because that without that ability to manage your business, especially if you're a small promoter, you're just flying blind. That's awesome. Well, and, and we're taking a step further now with our Fight Plus subscriptions, which is obviously not pay-per-view based, in that it's going to be available probably in December. Actually, I was in Bulgaria last week with our team and actually seen the preview of it. And so you as a, um, a promoter will be able to see that you had X number of buys last night and the night before and, and every night on your programming. And, you know, as you know, you, it's no different than what we used to do with the, the quarter hour and minute by minute ratings. You want to see who's who's getting the most interest, you know, and it's no different now. So um, independent promoters can know who actually drew for them. Uh, this is something that this is what makes our Fight Plus thing dramatically different than what the Zone, Low Sports or UFC Fight Pass has. They would never, even if you're a Canelo fight, they would never tell the golden boy guys, how, how many viewers they had for their shows. I mean, how, how do you judge if you're successful? You don't know who watched your show. And, the and, and, and in the meantime, because they won't communicate because there's no transparency, guess what automatically happens? It's human nature. Looking for a great mother's day or father's day gift idea. I was, and I found it at paint your life with paint your life. You'll get a hand painted portrait created to fit almost any budget. And it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You say Paint Your Life transforms your photos into a one-of-a-kind, beautiful, hand-painted portrait created by professional artists. You upload anything you can imagine. You can even combine photos. You'll pick the artist, the medium. You can even customize the frame. And you can receive your painting in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at PaintYourLife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Just text the word WEEKS to 87204. That's WEEKS to 87204. Text WEEKS to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. You, you have a question and you can't get your question answered. That question becomes doubt. Doubt soon evolves into fear and fear will manifest itself in a bunch of ways. It generally is not good for anybody. Well, it also goes the other way from the uh, network standpoint. I saw this happen in the zone because I know the golden boy guys well, and they didn't do anything to promote the shows because they got paid the same irregardless of anybody watched this show or not. Wow. And all of our viewers and our, our promoters are, um, you know, they have a financial upside if there's more viewers to their shows. So they are a true partner I got to give, you know, GCW, we did this announcement on Tuesday. They were fantastic. They promoted any way and every way they could think of this past week here. And that's why I want to see our promoters because we do a good job, but we can't do everything. We've got to have I, all these people helping us. I, and I wanted to hold off on the GCW thing until I had a better understanding of what it is you do. But I know that's an important thing and we'll get to it. Mm -hmm. But 
what was the, the, the next question I was going to ask you? Oh, from a promoter's point of view. Okay, I'm, I'm going to promote a, an event here in Cody. I want to put it on fight. Um, what do I need to budget? What's the production cost in terms of, I mean, I've never done it before, so I got to go buy everything. <laughs> starting from starting from scratch, Mike. What do I need to go buy, and how much is it going to cost me? So it, it's quite interesting on that. Um, one, we all know the technology in producing events with having fly packs. You don't need to roll a truck. You don't need to put a satellite truck in there. So you know, first thing is we always ask, hey, do you have good, reliable internet in your venue? Most of them do, but there's a few who don't, and then we use something called Live View Box. And a Live View Box is essentially a bonded cellular, so it's taking like four or five cell phones and strapping them together and using one for a single so we can use that almost anywhere in the country that's crazy yeah i know live view is pretty much how tv live shots and news are done oh yeah you don't have tv broadcast trucks anymore there's no news crews a reporter sometimes will wear a backpack and it's a live view and it's pulling cell phone reception and turning it into a signal it's insane i want one of those can you get a discount on one uh i can get you one for about twenty five thousand. (laughs) <laughs> there's nobody i need to talk to that bad <laughs> that's what live view 600 costs we have a live view 300 which is about thirteen thousand. but joking at time, like, it, it it replaces your satellite truck right uh, satellite well, trucks back in the day i could mike you probably oh, remember more than i do but they were they were expensive they still are <laughs> you're still spending because in, in in you know in cable and satellite you need to have redundancy so you had to roll two satellite trucks right and you're talking about eight to ten thousand dollars a show. So, for a typical small promoter, I mean, obviously you can spend as much or as little as you want on television production. But with fly packs now, uh, the internet and live view boxes and so forth, um, a lot of these promoters that get by with budgets that are like in two thousand, three thousand, wow. and more higher ones, maybe seven thousand. You know, and of course. No, no I want to. I want to go back because I don't want you to think I'm thinking about doing this because I'm not. But, I, I wanna, <laughs> but if again, if I'm 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 talking to Mike Weber, I'm excited about doing this. I got my checkbook in my hand, and I'm going to go to the Fight TV product shop, and I'm going to buy everything I need. So we, I know I need a fly pack. That's going to cost me a couple bucks, obviously. What about cameras? What are guys using? You know, the, the cameras are using. I mean, again. You know, back in the day, as we all know, some of those cameras were worth over fifty to hundred thousand dollars each. Right. Now cameras are a couple thousand. You know, uh, for for a good network quality camera, uh, it's you now two three thousand dollars. You can buy something decent, and there's various levels. And I see a lot of guys who buy the low end to get in, then they upgrade and upgrade. Sure. Most of them, I would recommend not buying your own equipment because it depreciates so quickly and changes so quickly. And it's work with a, a guy who owns his equipment. And brings in there so we have a guy named mike moran who actually owns six television packs of cameras so he can actually do six events simultaneously he has the the switchers and everything you need and the cameras you need to have six simultaneous events around the country and there's there's people like that to work with and there's quite a few of them to work with who specialize in these small shows and do quite well and make a good living and they're charging anywhere from three thousand to seven or eight thousand for the production um that's and, incredible yeah yeah that's incredible and if there's enough of those producers around so they're not that hard to find or you don't have to rely on one or two people um what a it just make the the point of entry become so much more accessible yeah it, it's it's unbelievable what people can do and you know and we 
we're trying to raise our, our production standards too. So we've had people send us stuff that literally was shot on an iPad, two camera shoots, and we're trying to get, okay, at least put three cameras on there, at least have announcers, at least has a, have a graphic. Right. In the case of boxing, MMA, at least try to have a, a, a countdown clock on there. So they're putting a little time and effort in there. But really, unless you're talking about you know a major pay-per-view event, most of these guys rarely does anybody spend over ten thousand dollars in the production itself. So I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this for fifteen grand. Can I get everything I need to put on my first show? Absolutely, absolutely. What about lighting? What about lighting? Well, lighting is it depends on how you do it. I mean, a lot of venues have just the, the regular, you know, basketball gymnasium, and if you don't get too too you know crazy about you know. You know, you're lighting the, you know, basketball stadium. You're lighting the ring the same as you're lighting the fans because it's the basketball lights. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's acceptable. Not great, but it's acceptable. But if you want to have more dramatic, uh, you're you're running. You can rent a good basic light system now, about five to ten thousand um, dollars. It really depends on what your venue is, and some of them have good lighting already there for you. And then, but if you really want to take it a step further and, and have more dramatic lighting or have your crowd. A little bit more in the dark, you know. Uh, frankly, we find that is probably more of a problem with people's production is the lighting than actual right. camera work, you know. So again, you you can spend a lot more if you want to and do really crazy lighting, good. But um, yeah, it's not it's not. If it depends on the venue so much of what you can do with lighting. So your barrier to entry, my barrier to entry, because I like to go on the high end of things. Even with a great lighting package, it's still going to probably between twenty and twenty-five grand. Yeah, that's very fair to say. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah, that, that's how bad. much a satellite truck would cost for the day. Easy. Right? Oh, easy. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's just phenomenal that you could. And and we're talking about a crew, right? We're talking about cameramen to no, shoot it. Crews all in those numbers. Yeah, that is an amazing development, and it it. I think opens the door. To, you know, I was in Toronto, actually St. Catharines, Ontario, this past weekend for an event and didn't pay too much attention to what was going on before I got there. You know, I didn't ask a lot of questions and so forth. I got there and I, I came to the building on Sunday afternoon and it was it was like a 10 or 15,000 seat hockey arena. Now they had blocked off half of it. They weren't going to fill the whole thing. But it, it the arena looks so good, and the lighting the it just the lighting that was there looks so good. And man, for twenty or twenty five grand, these people could probably be putting on a show on your app. Maybe they already did. I don't know. Well, actually, I don't think we aired that one. But you know, there's a company called AIW out of the Cleveland area. I went to their show they did in Akron, which is only like ten miles from where I live, uh, a few weeks ago. And our good friends Jimmy Hart and the Nasty Boys were there as their. Uh, uh, special guests that they had. And I watched the, what they did, the production. One is, he, trust me, he spent a lot less than that on because he has his own cameras, has his own switching and everything. But he had his wrestling school. Those were the guys operating his mm-hmm. his uh, production equipment. So, oh, so that's wild. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know what? I got to tell you, you know, it was a small little venue, but it was full, probably four or 500 people. But he was operating it like his Madison Square Garden. I mean, is that well organized? Bike rail, security, entrances, all that stuff. I gotta give these guys so much credit of what they were able to do. And and he did not spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on that. He probably spent maybe a thousand dollars on that one. And because he had so many 
good guys and you know we all know you know there's guys who want to be in the wrestling business some belong on on camera some belong behind the camera and um they sort themselves out and um it was uh, it was really pretty cool to watch how they had these guys working on it because talking to some of them oh yeah I'm, I'm in the school and um some goes back you know i think i <laughs> i think i like uh, working the cameras more than getting beat up in the ring you know so yeah it's pretty cool you know, and I think and what's fun about that is, first of all, I believe that anybody in the wrestling business should learn the wrestling business from the ground up, mm-hmm. not from the ring out. Um, I think everybody would have a much greater appreciation for everybody else's roles and responsibilities and things if people understood the business more of the business. But what's really fun about shooting, especially if you're training and you know the product, you have an inherent ability to anticipate your shots which is what separates a good shooter from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the challenges that we had at WCW was we only had, you know, Jackie Crockett, I think, and maybe one of the person that was our, he was our camera guy, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Jackie obviously knew you could bring in some of the best sports shooters in the country, which we often did, but they never shot wrestling before. So they're always a half a step behind. Right. It's just behind enough to not catch the important things that you need or you hope to catch. And when you're training somebody from the ground up that understands the product in the ring because they're in there doing it, their ability to learn that skill, um, they'll learn it a lot faster than somebody that is used to shooting tennis or used to shooting basketball or football or baseball. Oh, my God, baseball. Can you imagine shooting baseball? <laughs> Fuck me, I would be so bored shooting baseball. Now, I would like to go watch a game. That's not yeah. it. But shooting a game through a lens? Oh, my God. Kill me. Yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty static uh, image there, that's for sure. I it, Following a baseball is not easy as a cameraman. I give them uh, a lot of credit to people that do yeah, it. No, because you fall asleep for like six or eight minutes in between <laughs> action because there's nothing going on. Well, well, so you you have mentioned the term Fight Plus a few times in this conversation, and I I know what Fight Plus is, and that's something we're going to talk about in the GCW aspect of this conversation, but can you explain for those listening who may not be familiar what separates this extra a la carte extension of Fight with Fight Plus and what exactly it is? So like a lot of things here in the last uh, couple of years, it's, it's sort of a, a child of the pandemic. Um as we all know, in the um, spring of 20, 2020, everything sort of stopped. We were humming along, doing well, doing a lot of live events, and then everything went to a complete standstill. But we still had all this content, and we all know that pay-per-view, you know, you're going to get your money in the first day, you know, the day of, maybe a day or two after. But after that, you, you just don't earn any money off of that event. But we still had the, the programming on our platform. So it's sort of like selling day-old bread. And uh, we made this programming available uh, that you originally had paid, you know, 20, 25, 30 bucks for. Now you can watch it for $4.99 a month and get people to see it because it's still, people still like to see it. It's good wrestling, it's good content. And um, that's what we did initially, started in um, spring of 2020. And it was all taped and older than 30 days. Uh, and then about four or five months ago, we started putting this event on live, put this one, I'm starting to get some traction there. And now that's when we're blowing it up more, putting more and more live content in there and operate more as a more traditional subscription service from the uh, fan standpoint that all the programming you want to see will now be available for subscription with the exception of some of the really, really big pay-per-view events. So 
I'm, I'm a consumer here in Cody, Wyoming, and I typically buy two or three events a year from you that are live, but I want, and, and I'm still going to pay 1995 or 20, whatever the price tag is on that point or on that product. I'm, I'm going to pay that price point, but with your subscription, I can have access basically to your library. Your, your exactly. Library. Is that, that's the way it works. That's awesome. Yeah. There's over 5,000 hours of the programming in there, uh, increasing on a daily basis. Because we're, we're now, hey, we're taking a page out of WWE's uh, book and, and acquiring more and more libraries of programming to put on our platform. Um, so, yeah, some pretty cool stuff in there. And we're finding a lot of stuff. Again, I'll throw this AIW, a small group of, out of um, Cleveland. You know, they have, you know, five years ago, they had Britt Baker on there. They had MJF. You know, they had these guys. You know, this is where they're getting their starts at. And people like going back and watching what those guys look like when they first start in their careers. But now, though, and correct me if I'm misunderstanding this, but now with that $4.99 price point for Fight Plus, with a company like GCW, for example, they'll start to have access to live events as well in addition to the library content. So you're not necessarily paying $14.99, $20 for no. the live event and then the library. You can get oh. the library plus this live event. Whoa, that's that's even that's Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You can get yeah, you can get the live event and everything. Now, we still have pay-per-view content sure. on our platform. Mm -hmm. they're, more, they're bigger events, more special events. You know, uh, Impact Wrestling, they do a good event about once a quarter that will stay as a pay-per-view event and a premium event. But there's so much content that was – Nine ninety nine, fifteen, you know, fourteen ninety nine. Now you can watch it, all of it for four ninety nine a month. That's that's awesome. How much of your business is international? Uh, a pretty big percentage. I mean, obviously, U.S. is by far and away the biggest, but um, U.K. is a very strong number two. Australia, Canada, Germany; those are five top countries there. And um, but yeah, U.K. A lot of it is because AEW is just so hot there, um, but we do quite well there. Um, and also, um, UK, Germany, and Australia, and Canada, about the only places actually ever did pay-per-view back in the day. Actually, UK did not do pay-per-view, and they're now embracing the, the concept of pay-per-view. Um, most other countries, man, it's hard to get them to buy on pay-per-view. They just don't have the – they don't like using credit cards. They don't have the uh, – financial capabilities to buy events you know obviously in latin america they don't do it but um uk does quite well for what us. about japan japan does all right there we've got the language barrier you know um you know most europeans uh even if english is not their number one uh language they do speak or understand english whereas japan not so much as we all know um but we do you know we work with new japan we work with noah wrestling i mean we just concluded a deal that we're hopefully going to announce here, you know, uh, with Noah here you know, for an event in January, which you, a good friend of ours, Eric, you probably know will be wrestling in it. <laughs> um, Who's that? I haven't heard. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. You're laughing at me, but. Sting. Oh, 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 no, I had heard he was going over. I didn't know it was for Noah, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And our good friend, uh, Sonny Ono, has been trying to pull that together and everything. It's coming along quite well. So we're hoping to have uh, broadcast uh, rights and be airing us on, um, on, on fight for that event. And, um, you know, Sting and Muda. I'm pretty sure we were probably staying next time each other when we saw Sting and Muda wrestle quite a few times back in the 90s. Right. And um, so, yeah, there's some, there's some cool stuff there. So we do have a presence in Japan. 
it's just not as big. And one of the things there, both NOAA and New Japan have their own streaming services. New mm. Japan's got New Japan World. NOAA's got, I think it's called Universal or something along those lines. And um, so those are established there. But um, And we haven't, we, we have done this a few times, offer programming in Japanese, but just not a lot. Sure. Programming in Japanese. How rapidly is the universe of promoters, publishers, how quickly is that growing? Are more and more independent promoters going, hey, I want in on this? I, I got to tell you, like three, four years ago, okay, I, I was thinking, oh, my God, we've talked, we got everybody. We signed everybody. And we probably doubled since then. I was like, where are they coming from? And, oh, yeah, I've been doing this for 17 years. <laughs> okay. Isn't that wild? It, it, it's it, the independent wrestling. You know, it, Eric, as you know, back in the 90s, it did not exist anything nope. resembling what it is today. And it is crazy what's out there. And, of course, then I do get a lot of, hey, I'm starting this wrestling promotion. I go, okay, get started. Come back <laughs> to me in six months, you know, because it's not that easy. And not everybody's got Tony Khan money to start something from scratch. Right. And um, I got to tell you the one thing that I do find interesting, you know, I've, I've been talking to a lot of these promoters. And I ask them, why are you doing this? And what's your real job? And most of them have, you know, you know one guy I know is a bailiff, a court bailiff. Another guy's a lawyer. A couple guys I know who are lawyers who do it. And this is just a passion. And, um, you know, as we all know, Conrad Thompson, he's not a podcast guy. He's a mortgage guy. <laughs> you know, that's what he does for his real living, you know. And there's so many guys on a smaller scale the same way. I find that quite interesting of what they're doing. But there are some of these guys who are putting everything they have um, and, and, and making a living now off being an uh, independent wrestling promoter. Do you see the same thing happening with MMA? I mean, I'm, I'm slightly familiar with, you know, because I live in the middle of nowhere and there's a MMA promoter, I think, down in Casper or Laramie or somewhere. But I know when I'm on the East Coast, if I go to Florida to visit my kids, for example, I'm seeing advertisements for local MMA. Are you are you starting to to publish some of that material as well? Yeah, we do have a lot of those small MMA companies. Matter of fact, there's a company called Fusion out of uh, Montana that we hear quite a few of their uh, events uh, that we work with on probably a monthly. A lot of them through the Midwest. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. Almost as big as what independent wrestling is, but it, it, it's pretty good size. Um, it's probably about 75, 85% as big as wrestling. The independent atmosphere of these cage fighting companies out of Oklahoma and Missouri and Indiana, Illinois. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. And again, like everything else at all levels, but it's a place for guys to get started, you know, get their, get their ring time in. It's a little bit like the indie music scene too, because there's a there's mm -hmm. an appeal there. I think from the consumer's perspective, whether it's MMA or wrestling, is uh, you want to discover something. You know, you want to you want to participate in the WrestleManias and the, you know all outs or whatever, and you want to be a part of those big events that everybody's aware of. But it's also kind of fun just to trip through what's available and discover. You know, mm -hmm. either a performer or a promoter or something that you never heard of before and made you go, wow. I mean, I did that the other night. I was, you know, my wife was out of town and it was just me and my dog and I got bored and didn't want to watch television. So I just started going through uh, my music on my iPhone and just searching artists that I'd never heard of before. And, you know, before I was done, I had 15 new songs on my playlist, you know, <laughs> dropped about $30 in 20 minutes, but it's fun. That's 
part of the, the, the attraction, I think, to what you're offering. Yeah, it is. And, and it's live. Like, I mean, I just because I mean, did this like two weeks ago, I went to this AIW event, and the guys they had as their opening match, just to get them out there, I said, shoot, these two guys look like they really could have some potential being big stars. They had the, the look, the size, basic athletic ability. You know, they're pretty green in the ring and stuff, but, you know, that's what everybody's looking for is, okay, who's that next big star is, you know, and it's sort of fun. Well, that's what I was going to follow up with. We had an indie promoter on here a few months ago where he was on the other side of the equation with streaming and saying, hey, this is what a streaming service does for us. Obviously, this is a business for you, but is there any personal fulfillment or satisfaction that you get out of having a service like this that is platforming the stars of tomorrow and guys who could make a tangible difference on television in the future? Well, yeah, I mean, that is rewarding. And we've done this long enough that we have seen people grow on our platform. I got to tell you, my biggest joy is watching, refreshing that screen, watching numbers go up. You know, we, we, <laughs> we yeah, man, let's get, let's get right, right to the point. You know, we did that Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight, and we had over 700,000 people buy that at uh, $50 a shot. I never had a more enjoyable day in my entire career. No, than refreshing that screen. <laughs> over, <laughs> hey, we just sold a thousand in the last minute, you know, and stuff that's like amazing. that. So, uh, so that that's actually the most. I mean, hey, I'm going to be transparent and honest. Sure. We like that. <laughs> that's, it. that's cool. That'd be, like your, that'd be like sitting in your living room with a money press, watching the money coming <laughs> being printed off your machine. Well, there, there's a negative side because sometimes I've done it and they go oh shoot nobody bought it yet nobody's bought it yet so we've had a few oh, that now you're little, getting greedy that's right yeah a little bit <laughs> a little disappointing yes but it it, it but yes yeah, like i said we've done this long enough and seen some of these guys grow with it and you know carrying cross uh kevin cross a uh, great example he's he, one of the first guys i met when we started doing the ring of honor shows he is still with, uh, future stars of wrestling and i mean you can't really you know he's one of those guys I mean, Eric, you meet guys all the time. You say, okay, this guy's got it. You know, you no, it's funny you bring, you, you bring him up. I'm a big fan of his. I met him at an event. I don't know. I don't remember where it was this summer. Somewhere in Iowa, maybe. Illinois, doesn't matter. Small, local, indie promotion. And he, and what was his wife's name? I'm sorry. Scarlett. 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 They walked in. And, of course, I knew who he was, but I'd never seen him in person before but they both they walked into the room and there is an aura and it's not arrogance or anything like that they're very very nice very had a great conversation with them but you can just tell there's just oh. something special there so i'm, I'm glad to hear that he kind yeah, of I evolved mean, on your platform to a degree yeah i mean he, he i met him like seven years ago you know, right when we launched, um, matter of fact, it might have been the first few months we were doing stuff, working with uh, future stars of Vegas there. And I go, oh, shit, this guy's got it. Got it. He put it over future stars. And, I mean, he and there's been a few others like that, too. I, I hope, Drew McIntyre. We used to call him Mr. Fright, uh, Fight, uh, Mr. Fight, because he was on every single week because he was doing all these independents that time to to help build his experience to go back to WWE. Mm -hmm. And um, he lived in St. Petersburg at the same time I did. And I used to go to a local park there and we shoot promos to pro promote him being on the fight uh, app. And um, it, again, very rewarding to see where he's at today. So when, when, a, when a promoter decides to do business with you and you decide to do business with them, 
do you or someone from flight have to be on location for that event or can they phone it in? Uh, literally it's all phoned in. We do, we're hitting 30 and 40 shows a week now. Oh my goodness. We only have 30 employees <laughs> and most of them are in Bulgaria. That's called uh, efficiency, only, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> we, we only have eight employees in the United States. Um, we're, we're very much smaller than some people would think about all the stuff we do. Um, Pre-pandemic, I did go to a lot of shows, mostly just to uh, enhance the relationships we had all those promoters. And fortunately, I don't have to travel as much as I, I do. And I'm, sometimes I feel like I, I need to do more to um, be hands-on with the promoters because you know, promoters appreciate you coming to their event and so forth and seeing it. But um, I do spend pretty much every waking moment during the week on the phone with every promoter, You know, continuing the relationship, expanding it. I'm dealing with All right, that. let's talk about GCW. Mm -hmm. Press release came out. John sent it to me just a little while ago. I wasn't able to sit down and go through it. I glanced at it quickly. But what what did we learn in that press release? What are you excited about the most? So GCW has built up a great fan base. One of the things that has been interesting about them is that they are averaging 75 shows a year. I mean, the, the volume. In, in the last six months, last six weeks, they've been to the U.K., Japan, Mexico, L.A., Chicago, New Jersey, coast to coast. They're doing events everywhere. I mean, they're probably more – they travel more and more active than any other wrestling promotion, bar none. I mean, including WWE, including AEW. And um, they're, they're, they're swinging for the fences and getting it. Um, I'll be very honest. Some of the wrestling drives me nuts. I cannot stand watching guys hit each other over the heads with uh, fluorescent light bulbs. Not a big fan of that. Um, so it's, the old, it's like ECW kind of sort of maybe yeah, a little edgier yeah. than that. Yeah, it, it's, it's a little edgier. I cringe when they don't have bike rails around the ring and see somebody flying out the ring, stuff like that. But they have a loyal fan base, and it's very – yeah, ECW is by far the, the best analogy for what they are. Um, but they got that loyal fan base. And what we found out, you know, we are doing decent numbers with them on a regular basis on pay-per-view. And we thought it was the same people buying all the time. And then we start really digging into numbers deeper. And it's, you know, tens of thousands of people are buying these shows over the period of a year. But nobody bought more than four or five shows. So we thought, okay, they got a much bigger fan base than we, we thought. So let's get them all signed for subscription. That's obviously what we're trying to do right now. And what is also, so two things came out of that announcement for us on Tuesday is uh, we saw about 15% lift in our number of subscribers right off the bat. Oh, wow. So, and, and there's no event. They have no live event till November 12th. Just, so, just right off the press release. Just by the announcement. We saw that man. said, okay, this is impressive. And the other thing is I do get probably one or two people a day contacting us about putting programming on our platform. Well, on Tuesday I had a dozen, you know, and matter of fact, I got to talk. I've talked to a couple already this week. Got a few more to talk to later in this week yet uh, who want to, you know, you know, we, we got more programming now too, which is obviously something we're always looking for. We're always looking to up, upgrade our quality of our programming as well. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast. 
part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. What about music, man? Is music a, a viable genre for you? I hate music. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you why. The reason is, is the music people don't get it. One, they think everybody, they think everything's going to be a Mayweather uh, uh, fight, you know, type of deal. They think everything's going to have a million buys. Um, and secondly, they have so many rights issues with the music mm-hmm. that we've done concerts. We did Metallica a year ago. It's fantastic, great concert. We had to take it down within 24 hours because of the music rights. Um, I mean, we that, that was part of the contractual obligation. We were sure, told, sure. but in, in a thing, we did the Kiss 2020 Goodbye Tour, um, <laughs> which was was actually. I don't, did you see the concert, Eric? Did no, you, I'm just laughing because that good the farewell tour has been going on. They're still saying goodbye. Yeah, they're trying to say goodbye to 2020 because of the pandemic. Oh, All right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna but, find but, Gene Simmons will find more way to monetize Sia. Than anybody I know. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that event was from Dubai, and uh, it did quite well for us. But we were only able to have it up, I think, about forty-eight hours. Now we actually are working on uh, uh, rebroadcasting it here during the holidays this year because um, we still have the rights to, to the concert yet. And um, it, it was a very good uh, a product there. But a lot of it is the rights issues, which are such mm-hmm. challenging and. You know, we just aired Jake Paul this past weekend, his fight. Jake Paul is one of the best South promoters I've ever, ever seen in this no business. Doubt. And he did everything he can to use wrestling terminology, put over fight as a place to see it and so forth. I can never get that. I mean, our boxer, I'm never going to get out of a musician about where to watch anything. They're right. not all the greatest South promoters. And that's one thing I always like about wrestling. Wrestlers in general are good South promoters. Yeah, they're horse. They're to sure. build off that, though, <laughs> could could you see? They all have a choice. I, I know the name the is promoters of the pimps. It's okay. <laughs> I know that the is name the is reality. <laughs> I know the name is fight, but could you see veering into quote unquote traditional sports programming to soccer, football, baseball, basketball, uh, where maybe you have mid-major conferences in college athletics or something like that, utilizing a streaming platform at a low tier price to get their product out to people. Yeah, absolutely. We we've been looking at it and I, I love sports in general. So I, I'd love to be getting, you know, basketball and football and baseball in there and stuff and college level. Uh, we do have uh, the rugby world cup running on our platform right now. The women's uh, rugby just uh, launched on fight plus on Tuesday, uh, from the UK and it's doing quite well. Uh, so I think we got about 40 or 50 games from the rugby series uh, for the World Cup. We're working on some other um, rugby programming, looking at a lot of uh, European football programming. Um, and, and those are the areas we're focusing on first, but I would love to get into college sports and, and, and continue to grow us. With the name Fight, yes, that's been discussed extensively about do we need to change the name right now i don't want to change the name because i think we've done a good job building up uh, it's brand a brand equity it, mm-hmm. it's a brand and what it, what it means is more than combat sports it means good quality streaming and i think that's very key that it's going to be a good experience there because you know after a while i mean i mean we might know because we've all worked in it so closely but does anybody really know what espn stands for you know and stuff like that 
um, it, it, it stands for what what it is, you know. And um, I, I think fight. Uh, I, I really want to keep the name there uh, that we have right now. Um, but if I can come up with a better name than that, I don't show think so. Better, I, mean, no, I think and, you guys have done a great job, and you have. You know, you've stuck with it long enough, and you've been consistent. It's. It, I think it's a great brand. I. I, I would. It, well, you know, what? <laughs> you know, and if you got to talk to somebody about it, if somebody says, "Yeah, I don't know if I want to be on something called Fight," say, "Dude, we're fighting for your money. There That's you go. <laughs> we're in a fight for you to make the most money possible, and this well, is you know, who you want to be with. You it, want somebody that's going to fight for you. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's the key is you know, it's, it's four letters. It does resemble the ESPN logo a little bit, the UFC logo stuff like that, and it, it just it's so clean and simple, and so, mm -hmm. you know. We came up with the name, the look, in November of 2015, and have not deviated on an inch since then. Good. And we've had uh, people try. You now it has to be fight TV. You know, people are figuring it out. You know, um, you know that is how you find it, fight TV. But um, no, I'm very proud of what we did with it, and, and I don't think we could have stumbled on a better um, scenario of what to call it than that. Going back to um, promoters. New promoter, somebody, Eric Bischoff is going to put on his event in Cody, Wyoming. And music, I've got to be careful what music I use for ring entrances. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, does that cause a problem for you? Do the music rights issues ever become an issue with wrestling? Yeah, uh, it does to a point, but we, we pay our money to BMI. Um, so we do have those rights there. But we do have in our contracts, it's actually the promoter's responsibility to have music rights uh, um, paid for. And, and that's why most of them are using you know, uh, rights-free music, uh, not using mainstream music. You know, And uh, that's a constant thing that we got to remind them of it. Fortunately, we don't get called on too much. Because like, as you know, if you put a program on YouTube and you have uh, right, uh, music with rights on it, you're going to pull it down in a second. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, this event I was at in Canada this past weekend, a, a young lady came to the ring to Molly Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. You know, cool as shit, music, great. But I'm thinking, man, this could this could cost somebody some money. Now, maybe if you've got BMI rights, you know, you're insulated from that to a degree. But I just really. imagine it gets messy. <laughs> well, that's one thing independent wrestling promotions do a lot of. They, they, they use that mainstream music there, and they're probably illegally doing it. But nobody Paul Heyman used to do it for ECW. Yep. Paul oh. Heyman would use current music. Oh, He had no rights to anything. And her Sandman. on television. <laughs> I, know. I know. Oh, God, I know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Eric, is there anything else that you'd like to float past Mike here as we wrap things up on Strictly Business? No, but Mike, I'm just, I'm excited to hear you're having so much success. You deserve it. You've, you've stuck with this ridiculous business for a long time. <laughs> so you deserve every ounce of success that you experience in the future. And I, I really I, enjoyed I, it, man. Thank you very much and continued success. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me as a guest. And as you know, if you're having fun with what you're doing, it's, it's fun to talk about as well. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you down the road, brother. Okay. Sounds good. Mike, thank you again for joining us here on Strictly Business. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into Strictly Business. Make sure you check out Fight TV and Fight Plus. A lot of great stuff going on over there. He's Mike Weber. That's Eric Bischoff. I'm John Abba. We'll see you next time right here on Strictly Business.
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.